This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8.02 a.m. I hope you're doing good. hope you're doing well. Thank you so much, as always, for making us a part of your morning routines. I hope you had a fantastic week and I hope you enjoyed a fun Friday night. Uh, I did, and so this is going to be a slightly shorter show <laughs> this morning. Uh, no, the real reason is I'm jumping up to go to the Emirates a little bit later on. Uh, this morning, of course, Arsenal play against Bournemouth today in a game in which we absolutely need to win. Uh, and Arsenal need to make sure that they continue their fine run. That have seen them already pick up three wins on the spin. And we're hoping, anyway, that we see uh, Newcastle do the business at the Etihad. It's a big ask, if we're being very honest. It's a big, big ask uh, for Newcastle to try and do something away from home. But fingers crossed. They can do us a big favour because it would be great if they could. Uh, good morning to people joining us in the chat box. Morning to Rich, to Trevor, uh, who says he feels dizzy. Uh, but good morning. Uh, Stephen, good morning to you. Uh, Amira, uh, Ankno, uh, or Anko, I'm hoping that's right. Oh, it's a very interesting choice of name. Uh, Amachi, good morning to you. Bran Percy, uh, Ben Ayam, uh, Carl Blackshine, Martin, Alex. Good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box and the rest as well. Thank you. As always, um, very much looking forward to it. And uh, let's crack on with today's stories. First of all, if you haven't yet watched our preview show that we did yesterday, uh, I was joined by some fantastic members, Alex and Aaron from the Discord server, to talk all about today's game, previewing the team news, the injury news, what lineups that we would like to see, and of course, our score predictions as well. So if you haven't already had the opportunity to watch that, I encourage you to do so. Uh, certainly worth doing. Uh, moving on to our stories, Mikel Arteta faced the media yesterday at London Colney, in which he talked about a number of topics. Uh, he was asked about the potential for the title rival to send a message, if you like, and if the last three results have indeed done that. And he says, there are no messages to the opponents. There are just messages to our players to continue doing the same, but better every single day and that's the only discussion that we are having amongst the squad on the importance of the three successive wins after the loss against man city he said it's really important it gives you momentum it gives you confidence and it obviously puts you in a much better position in the league table which is the most important thing the team is in a good place and really looking 
uh, forward to the game tomorrow, uh, that being, of course, today. Now, we did get uh, some unfortunate updates on Adi and Eddie Nketiah. He says, we are still assessing him, and it's a bit uncertain what's going to happen, to be honest. Uh, let's see and keep the options open. He's very positive about that, so hopefully... He will be fine. Now, it's later transpired that there is a ankle issue with Nketiah. He did limp off at the end of the game against Everton. We know that he's been carrying an injury for the last couple of games or so, and it seems that that has kind of come to a head, unfortunately, for Eddie Nketiah. I'm really hoping that he's fine, um, and I'm hoping that this isn't a long-term issue, but there are some fears that it could be slightly worse um, than than first feared, but we haven't yet got that confirmed. It's all a bit up in the air, and so I don't want to go on the record and be like, it's terrible, he's going to be out for ages, because we don't know that yet. Um, but we will be getting uh, plenty, hopefully plenty more insight into what's happening with Eddie and Ketia uh, from Mikel Arteta in his post-match press conference. Hopefully, the injury is not too bad. But the positive news, of course, is that Gabriel Jesus is closing in on his Arsenal return. Mikel Arteta was asked about him, and he said he's not far now. Uh, I don't want to give a timeline, but he's doing certain things with the team and certain things outside of the team. He's not very close, but he's not far. Uh, he's feeling better every day, and the doctors are confident the way the injury is evolving, and we are in a good place with him. Um, he was then asked about if his recovery had been going as he expected, and he says, I think it's been pretty straightforward. At the beginning, we were really concerned with the possible extent of the injury uh, because we were talking about a few options there. Thankfully, it wasn't that bad, but it was a long-term problem. It required surgery, and it's not pleasant, especially in the first few weeks. But knowing Gabby, he's been through that before. Of course, he was injured at, at Manchester City. Uh, his mentality is incredible, and the team has done a really good job with him to put him in the position he is in today. Uh, he was asked a little bit more on Jesus further on in the press conference. Um, Mark Manbryan's asked whether or not uh, Jesus could be back before the international break. And he says, so you, you want me to give you a time, a time frame? Uh, we did, he laughed about that. We don't know. I'm saying we're not far away, but obviously he has to do much more with the team. Let's see how the next week, 10 days develop, and we'll have a much better picture. Now, Arsenal uploaded the training photos uh, to their Arsenal Twitter feed. And for the eagle-eyed amongst us uh, that love to kind of filter through these pictures and look into those photos and see who we can see around the pictures, this picture of William Saliba and Granite Xhaka that was produced, if you are uh, looking slightly further beyond the focus of the picture, you may see on the left-hand side a certain... Gabriel Jesus, uh, who is with the first team squad. Some people suggested this is Reese Nelson. It's not. You can tell because the fade on the side of his head, the hair fade, um, is is higher. Reese Nelson has a lower fade. I can't believe I'm actually going into the details of Arsenal players' haircuts um, <laughs> to be able to decipher who players are. But I can tell you for sure that, that is certainly Gabriel Jesus that you can see on the left-hand side. And so there seems to be a growing hope um, that Jesus will indeed return, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks uh, I've kind of set a, a unofficial target of the second leg of the Europa League uh, last 16 game against um, against Sporting I'm hoping that maybe we might see him get some minutes in that game I as I say I don't know that for sure that he'll be by, he'll be back by then but I'm hoping that that might be a potential option for us to see him so there you go um moving to transfer news couple of stories to talk about this morning first of all Moises Caicedo uh the, the guy that Arsenal 
bid for excessively in January and didn't really know when to stop um, because even though he wasn't for sale, we continued to bid for him. He has signed a brand new deal with Brighton. And I think that this, when we reflect back, when we reflect back on the January transfer window, and I think we reflect back on maybe a lot of the things that we've said or seen other people say around this deal, I think that this probably puts into context the situation for us a lot more. And it didn't matter how much we were willing to spend on Moises Caicedo. He wasn't for sale and Brighton were always confident that he would indeed stay and even going as far to sign a new contract. All the suggestions that they treated it the same way as the Mark Correa deal and then Mark Correa just left uh, a few, I suppose, weeks after they kind of told him to stay away from the club until the window had closed and that the same thing would therefore happen with Caicedo just isn't the case. And you can't treat each player and each instance and each story and each um, transfer situation as the same thing per player because there are differences. And clearly, uh, he's got a significant boost in his salary from that brand new contract. And if Arsenal or any other club wants to try and sign Caicedo again in the summer, it's going to be very, very difficult indeed. Now, we do know that Arsenal's transfer priority in midfield is Declan Rice. However, and uh, our final story to talk about today is, according to Footy Insider, another midfield transfer target is apparently Alexis McAllister. If you can't get one Brighton midfielder, apparently it means you've got to go for a different one. Um, but uh, certainly Alexis McAllister continues to be a highly rated player amongst top clubs after his World Cup performances and his Premier League performances for Brighton as well. Uh, a very versatile player that can play centre midfield, can play as an eight, can play as a six, can play as a ten, can play as a second striker, has even played in a wide position. Very, very versatile player and is impressed certainly on the international and Premier League scene and certainly a player that I know a lot of Arsenal fans like. I'm still waiting for a little bit more. I still feel like I need to be convinced some more um, for me to think that he's worth the 70 million that's being talked about. But uh, certainly Arsenal's interest in Declan Rice probably trumps that of Alexis McAllister. But we'll see, of course, what transpires between now and the start of the summer transfer window. And we'll continue to keep you updated on everything, of course, that goes down in the world of Arsenal. Okay, let's go to part two and your questions right after this. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
Okay, uh, let's jump into the chat. I'm going to be around for the next 10 minutes or so because we've got a busy, busy day ahead of me, but I'm still going to take some of your questions this morning. So let's jump into the chat box. Ronald says, who is the better of Caicedo and McAllister? I suppose it depends what you're after. Um, Depends situationally on what you want to add to your team. Caicedo is going to add you a lot of mobility in the defensive, deeper part of the midfield. If you want someone that can do a lot more in the final third, McAllister is is probably your man. Um, he's certainly going to add more goals than what Caicedo is capable of doing. So it depends on what type of player that you want. I think for that left eight role that Arsenal are starting to develop, there is a good argument that McAllister would probably suit that role better than Caicedo, who would look to be probably more of a long-term Thomas Partey replacement when you refine him into more of that number six. Because for me, Caicedo kind of plays in the gap between a six and an eight. And he's not necessarily completely specialised at this point in time. I know he can play forwards, but I think that McAllister is certainly probably better uh, at playing the left eight in this Arsenal system. But if you wanted someone to play defensive midfield, then you want to lean more towards Caicedo. So it depends on who you and what you want from a player uh, regarding both of those. Um, Jordan says, good morning from the States. Tom, you're up very early in the morning, Jordan. Good to see. Thoughts on Trossard's performances and how the team has performed differently? Not necessarily better with him in the team. Thanks, mate. Um, Yeah, I've written about this. I've talked about this. I think that Trossard's positioning and the way in which he moves and the way in which he um, interchanges with Gabriel Martinelli has opened up uh, a level of chaos in our forward line that defences are struggling a lot more to plan for, deal with, cope with. And that's always a positive thing. You want to create indecision. You want to create uncertainty in your opponent. And I think that Trossard's inclusion in the starting eleven has certainly been able to add a little bit more unpredictability to this Arsenal team, which we needed because other teams have kind of a bit worked us out with Eddie and Ketty on what you need to do. And you could kind of mark Martinelli out of the game and even Mark Zinchenko to a lesser extent out of the game as well. So I think that having the access to Trossard and his mobility and his movement and his runs and the way in which Martinelli understands the way he plays and so he can come inside and play a lot more um, in the central areas, I think has, has, has actually leveled up our performances. And I think we have been better with Trossard now in the team. And I look forward to seeing that continue in today's game. There's an expectation Trossard will start because Eddie Nketiah continues to have this injury issue, unfortunately. And also when Gabriel Jesus comes back, there's going to be decisions to be made. Trossard will, having now seemingly got that centre forward spot, be under threat of losing it as well. Um, Aditya says, hey, Tom, have you read the article on Arteta uh, of The Telegraph? And what was your take on it? Yeah, I think it's great. I really like uh, reading into the backstories and kind of the background stuff around Mikel Arteta. I like not just Arteta, but kind of anybody. I like those kind of freer articles, which are kind of escaping the the regimented questioning of, you know, the title race and the players and how have you found it, you know, being Arsenal manager. The generic questions that, you that, you know, me and, and other journalists kind of have to ask at times because it's important that we ask those questions. But I enjoy the the kind of informal, casual conversations uh, that people in football have sometimes. And I think that certainly uh, we saw that in the Telegraph's piece. Go and read it if you haven't had a chance to do that yet. Um, Manu says, where do you see uh, Roberto Firmino going? And would you sell in Ketia? Uh, of course, Firmino confirmed to be leaving uh, Liverpool come the end of the season. There's an expectation that the Brazilian uh, will not renew his contract at Liverpool and will be available on a free transfer. I was having a chat with a few people yesterday that suggested that they would be interested in taking him uh, at Arsenal. I'm not sure that I would. I'm not sure that I would take him. I think that Arsenal need to move in. You know, we've got a lot of talent here. And bringing in Firmino, I don't think necessarily fits 
with the process. Uh, and yes, we can put another dollar in the process jar, but uh, I don't think it fits. Uh, I think that he'll probably end up going to maybe Italy, uh, somewhere like that. Maybe we'll suit him. Um, you can you always see like the Italian sides often pick up some of maybe the aged um, Premier League established players, Nemanja Matic, Kolarov, you know, these players come to mind. Both of them have played for Roma, so maybe Roma is where I'm thinking he might go. But uh, sometimes you see, I can see Serie A maybe picking him up. Uh, and Ketty, would I sell him? Um, it depends on who we're getting in. If you know, if we're guaranteeing ourselves we're going to get in a good striker alternative, then sure, I would be open to moving him on if indeed we can get ourselves a very good alternative through the door as long as well as as Balogun staying and that's going to be very important too uh HMM Spikes says are we going to be going eight points clear in nine hours time I hope so I'm keeping my fingers crossed however I'm not exactly optimistic about the idea of Newcastle being able to pull off the significant um victory over Manchester City that we need them to but let's not rule that out you never know we might get lucky we might certainly get lucky indeed with that we'll have to wait and see uh, James says Reese Nelson can come in and cover for Eddie until the international break yeah look I, I hope that Reese Nelson comes in and is able to do a good job for us but we have to remember that Gabriel Jesus is going to be coming back into the fold as well and that's certainly uh, going to be a big, big push for us as well. Uh, Lucas says, hey, new sub and Arsenal fan from America. I love the show. What do you think about Nketiah's future with the club? Well, Lucas, first of all, welcome uh, to the TGT crew. Glad to have another American listener here. Uh, it seems as if the team works better with players who play at a faster pace than Nketiah. Um, I think his future is still fairly assured. I know the fact that a lot of us believe that the summer we may see Nketiah move on. I think he's probably going to still be here next season. I'm 70% confident that I think he would be here next season still, and I don't think he's going to be going anywhere. He signed a new deal. He's got a long-term contract. Unless uh, a mad bid comes in, I don't see Eddie Nketiah going anywhere. And Lucas, thank you ever so much for becoming a brand new member of the channel as well. I hope that the chat box is already welcoming you into the crew, and I can see they certainly already are. It's a great family we've got here. Very welcoming indeed. Uh, Hass says, I've been watching Rice more closely since we've been strongly linked to him, and he's rather wasteful in possession and gets caught out positionally. I'm not sure if he's right for us. Convince me. Hass, I can't. You've got to make your own choices up about players. You've got to make your own assessments about players. There's nothing necessarily I can say that's going to make you change your mind. I can question you into a position to, that you might change it yourself. I think that Rice playing in this West Ham team, which has been awful this season is certainly going to be a factor and I'd recommend looking at Rice during the seasons where West Ham were fighting for European qualification have been fighting in European competitions in the last couple of seasons have been doing far far better than this rather poor stale David Moyes-esque side I'd recommend going watching Rice during those seasons so I think overall this rather just it, it, it's kind of gone off West Ham it's a bit stale a bit moldy um, my mother-in-law is a West Ham fan, so I'm now conscious of, of going too hard on West Ham. But uh, yeah, I, I just think that they're a bit um, they're a bit too far gone, and Rice's performances are probably being affected by that. And in an Arsenal team, I could certainly see him improving significantly. Uh, Anko, thank you so much for becoming a member of the channel as well. Very much appreciate your kind support and welcome to the TGT family. Uh, of course, yourself and Lucas, if you are indeed expert members or TGT ambassadors, you can join our Discord server. It's basically like our brilliant chat box, but 24-7 and about lots of stuff, not just about Arsenal, but football and other sports and music. And it's just a great community of Arsenal fans talking about lots of stuff. So make sure you get involved with it. Uh, Leon says, hey, Tom, if we have Partey, Elneny, Jorginho, Xhaka and Sambi on our books in the summer, 
How many midfielders will we sign? Do you think we will sell any of the above? Um, I think that Sambi Lakonga could be moved on. Um, Elneny is, I don't necessarily think, taking up a spot in the squad. I don't think he's looked at as kind of an integral part of the playing group. I think he's obviously injured and the club have, have shown a really classy gesture to extend his contract. But he is still a decent player. And if we were in desperate need of a midfielder to come in and play some minutes or allow some rotation in a, in a European game or a cup game, then he's there and he can give you that. I mean, it's not long ago he just scored in his last appearance in the FA Cup, of course, if you remember. So, you know, um, he, he I think he still can be uh, an, an asset for us. But think of it more so as Partey, Jorginho, Xhaka. Um and you're adding Rice into that. There's potential for us to add one more, but I would quite like to see that spot taken up by Charlie Patino and allow him to start developing and burgeoning his Arsenal story. Uh, that's what I would like to see take place. Um, let's go to... Um, Paul says, um, good morning, Tom. As you are a journalist, could you possibly tell us how these transfer stories are leaked or are they just assumptions? I mean, how has... Um, Declan Rice's fee and wages been agreed when the summer uh, isn't even open yet. Uh, of course, I can't speak for other people. You know, I, I can't speak for any how anyone else gets their information or how they do things. I can only speak for myself. And gradually, you know, I've only been in the industry really for the last year, eighteen months to two years. You know, I quit teaching back in twenty twenty twenty. 20. Yeah, it was 2020 uh, in October. And so, and obviously I've been in the space of this Arsenal field since 2016. And it is funny how quickly you kind of pick up contacts. You do that just by speaking to people when you're at games, you're speaking to people when you're doing interviews and you build up strong relationships and you talk to people. But I can't speak for how other journalists access or come up with their stories. What I will say is that I think that there are certainly, um, and we've shown it on the channel before, uh, and I've written an article about it before, that there are ways of kind of, guessing and preempting certain links that happen um i remember we did a story when i was at 101 talking about predicting that hector bellerin would get linked to inter milan because ashraf hakimi was leaving bellerin wasn't getting too many minutes at arsenal and so it was a fair assumption that eventually you would see inter milan linked with hector bellerin and lo and behold i think it was less than a week later there was an article uh somewhere in the ether uh, <laughs> and uh it was basically claiming that Inter Milan were interested in Bellerin. So there are ways, you know, that there are things that you can easily predict that are going to happen. Um, some you can predict and, and genuinely do happen. Um, it's not a surprise. You know, the return for, for certain players from injury can be fairly widely assumed at times when you get close to certain points um, as well and you're able to give sort of a, a certain length of timeline. That's fairly accurate to be able to do that. But uh, yeah, it's difficult, Paul, because I can only tell you like from my side of things. And what I would say is that when um, when you see like somebody tweeting out information and you see people undergoing name your source, just I mean, I can't tell you how frustrating as a journalist it is when you see people saying that to, to other journalists, like name your source. Can you do you like, understand how silly that is? Like, why would someone name where they've got their source? Because if you name your source they're never going to give you any more information, you know? So if you out your source, you've just lost it and you've lost an access and a route into knowing something inside the industry. So yeah, um, it's, it's just one of those things. And, uh, and it's a very, very competitive field and, and you build up your own contacts and, uh, and you, you can be very protective over those contacts because you've put in the work to, to get those. So uh, yes, don't expect people to be giving up uh, who their contacts are 
in the big wide world of, of, of football journalism. Um, ben says, hey, Tom, is Aaron Chicago going to start today? I don't know you're talking about, mate. I haven't got a clue. I'll tell you who, though, might be starting is Aaron Ramsdale. Um, oh, people need to learn how to say people's names right. Um, thank you so much, everybody that's tuned in for this morning's show. Apologies that it's sh- slight sh- slightly shorter. <laughs> of course, of course, as soon as I say those words of trying to speak properly, I say that brilliant. <laughs> anyway, um, good morning, everybody. I hope you have a fantastic day. I'm almost going to try and start the show again. Um, brilliant. That's going to get clipped up and sent to me, just like yesterday's show was clipped up and sent to me. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're doing, uh, if you're doing and enjoying the show as we do it every single morning at eight a.m. Of course, we produce more shows around that. I'll be back tomorrow morning at eight a.m. breaking down all of the latest uh, Arsenal news and reacting to today's game against Bournemouth. There won't be a show this evening on the channel because I'm at the Emirates today working. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll certainly try and bring you some, uh, some content, but, uh, oh dearie me, <laughs> it's fine. It wasn't a swear word cause it wasn't intentional. That's how it works. And, uh, I caught myself immediately. Um, thank you everybody that's tuned in. Uh, yeah. I mean, if this isn't worthy of a like on a video, I don't know what is quite frankly. Um, but thanks everybody. We'll see you again very soon. Enjoy your day. Fingers crossed Arsenal bring home the goods and as always up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.